Life Audio. Welcome to the Real Refreshment Podcast. Join us as we dive into motherhood at the foot of the throne with your host, Rachel Carmen. If you are tired, overwhelmed, and feeling alone, this is the place for you. A place for real moms with real stories seeking real refreshment found only in the living God. Take a minute to visit rachelcarmen.com and join the community of Real Refreshment listeners who are taking the dare to be in the Word as a top priority in the journey of motherhood. All right, let's kick off this latest episode of the Real Refreshment Podcast. Here's your host, Rachel Carmen. Happy New Year, everyone. We are now in 2023. And today we are going to launch our new M&M series for 2023. And because we have so many new listeners, welcome to all of you. I'm going to take some time today to talk about our new theme for 2023 and give an overview and explain just what I mean by M&Ms right after this. Is it hard to spark meaningful conversations with your kids? Whether you're a homeschool hero, planning activities for the next family vacation, or simply gathering around the dinner table, we've got something that can help. Introducing the Daily Family Conversation Starter by best-selling author Katie Clemens. This remarkable book offers 365 imaginative ways to connect with your children in just five minutes each day with prompts like, who made you laugh today? Or what would you do if you had a tail? These simple questions open up a world of laughter, curiosity, and deeper connections. From dinner time to sleepy time, the Daily Family Conversation Starter is your key to creating memories that will last a lifetime. Don't wait to transform your family's daily routine into an adventure of discovery and fun. Grab your copy of the Daily Family Conversation Starter today, wherever books are sold. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. All right. Welcome back. Like I said, this is an exciting day here on the Real Refreshment Podcast. Today is the day where I help you step into 2023 well with a dare and a charge and some teaching because you know that the ministry focus here is that we would focus up, that we would set our minds and our hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God, and he's seated because it is 
finished because the finished work of Calvary is enough. Our sin debt has been paid. And as hard and as difficult and as frustrating and overwhelming as things are down here in this fallen world, we are admonished in Scripture to set our mind on things above. And so as we step into this new year, I have a challenge for all of us, and that is that we would abide, that we would step into this new year and we would resolve to abide in Him and in His Word. And so today I'm going to talk to you about what M&M means because some of you, like I said, are brand new and you're not, you don't know what that is. I've talked about it in the past, but we're going to talk about that again. I'm going to do a teaching on abide from John 15 and 1 John 1. And then I'm going to give you some references, some books, all kinds of goodies today. And then in the next episode, we'll have our first actual passage that we're going to tackle for this series. Again, it'll be once a month at the beginning of each month, and our next one, our our first one will be next episode. But as we step into this today, I want you to think with me, and you can go over to rachelcarmen.com and you can get actually the visual for this, because this one happens to be a little tricky. If you take the word abide, There are five letters in that word, and I've broken it down to three parts. The first two letters are two things that I'm going to suggest to you that we need to practice. The center letter is I, and then there's two letters at the end, D and E, and I believe those are two things that we need to persevere in. Okay, so we're going to have two things we're going to practice. In the middle is an I, which I believe is an invitation. And then the last two letters, the D and the E, are things in which we are to persevere. So with that in mind, if you can think about that, I want to call your attention to our overriding passage for this whole idea of abide And if you are familiar with the Gospel of John, you'll probably be familiar with our passage, which is from John 15, and it is a glorious passage. It is when Jesus is talking personally to his disciples. As you study the New Testament Gospels, it is really interesting to look at the teachings that Jesus does to the masses, like the Sermon on the Mount or the Sermon on the Plain. The teaching that Jesus does just to his disciples, the teaching Jesus does only to the inner circle of his disciples, Peter, James, and John, the teaching that Jesus does to individuals, whether it's one of the disciples or sometimes it is someone like Jairus or sometimes it is an unnamed individual that he takes aside, the rich young ruler, for example. So all of these different contexts in which Jesus is teaching, it it has something to do with what he says when you know to whom he is saying it. And so in this particular instance, when we have John 15, this isn't to the masses. This isn't just to Peter, James, and John. This is to his 12 disciples. And he says this, one of the I am statements from the book of John, there are seven of them. This is one of those, so you can go on a a hunt to find the others. In John 15, beginning in verse 1, Jesus says this, I am the true vine. And my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes so that it may bear more fruit. 
You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away as a branch and dries up, and they will gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. Just as the Father has loved me, I also loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. These things I have spoken to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be made full. This is my commandment, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that one lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends, if you do what I command. No longer do I call you slaves, for the slave does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all things that I heard from my Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you would go and bear fruit and that your fruit would remain so that whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give to you. This command I give to you that you love one another. That is the primary text for this whole teaching on abide today. And like I said earlier, the first two letters of abide, the A and the B are things that I suggest we need to be practicing. The I is an invitation and the D and the E are things we need to persevere in. So let's dig in. For the A... I have the word for you and me that we need to wait. If we are going to pursue abiding, we need to practice waiting. And I'm just going to say at the beginning, none of us are good at this. None of us are good at this. We're really good at rushing. We're really good at busy. We're really good at distraction. We're really good at binging, but we're really bad at waiting. But I believe that's exactly what it requires if we're going to abide. Abide is not rushing. Abide is not busy. Abide is not distracted. Abide waits. You remember in the Gladiator movie when they were saying they were in the arena? Remember when they all came together and they were going to, out of solidarity, fight together? And that was their Their best moment is when they came together instead of fighting individually. And remember when they were together under all of their shields, what did they say? Wait for it. Wait for it. The old mantra, good things come to those who wait, it's true. Oh, that we would be those who dare to wait. Sometimes we get impatient. We rush instead of wait. We wrestle instead of wait. We wander instead of wait. But to abide means to remain, to stay, 
to not move or swerve or drift or wonder or turn left or right, but to stay put, to keep on the path, in the light, in the way. It also implies that we're waiting for something, for someone. I would suggest to you that waiting builds anticipation and it engenders preparation when we wait. Waiting doesn't mean we're doing nothing. Not at all. It means we are very definitely focused on doing something. You remember in the New Testament in the garden, on the night that he was betrayed, Jesus took the disciples to the garden of Gethsemane and he asked them to wait, to keep watch and to pray. He knew who was coming. He knew what was coming. And on three different occasions, he went back to them only to find them sleeping. See, it's important for us to note that waiting is not passive. Waiting is an active thing that we participate in. They didn't understand that. And then with a heavy heart, he asked them to keep watch three times, and three times they rested and they slept. We must determine to wait on the Lord. He knew what was coming. He knew who was coming, but they did not. He told them on three different occasions, but they couldn't wait actively. They fell asleep. We must learn to wait on the Lord as we seek to abide in Him. It's a decision we make. Next, the letter B, obey. So wait is W-A-I-T. We're circling the A. Now with the word O-B, O-B-E-Y, we're circling the B for the second letter and abide. And we'll continue with this teaching right after this. Is it hard to spark meaningful conversations with your kids? Whether you're a homeschool hero, planning activities for the next family vacation, or simply gathering around the dinner table, we've got something that can help. Introducing the Daily Family Conversation Starter by best-selling author Katie Clemens. This remarkable book offers 365 imaginative ways to connect with your children in just five minutes each day with prompts like, who made you laugh today? Or what would you do if you had a tail? These simple questions open up a world of laughter, curiosity, and deeper connections. From dinner time to sleepy time, the Daily Family Conversation Starter is your key to creating memories that will last a lifetime. Don't wait to transform your family's daily routine into an adventure of discovery and fun. Grab your copy of the Daily Family Conversation Starter today, wherever books are sold. All right, we've made it to the second letter in the word abide, obey, obey. We must understand something that the culture is telling us is simply not true. We must hold on to what the biblical teaching asserts. And that is that to love God is to obey God. The natural outproof of our love is that we celebrate our love for God by obeying Him. And the kind of obedience that He requires, the kind of love 
that he asks us to practice is necessarily, fundamentally sacrificial. Self-denying. In our passage in John 15, 13, Jesus says, Greater love has no one than this, that we lays down his life for another. It doesn't depend on our understanding it. God will ask us to obey and to love when it doesn't make sense. The kind of obedience God asks us is a yielded submission, a trust, a humility. Jesus was asked at one point, what was the greatest commandment? Do you remember this? Remember, they were trying to trick him. They were trying to trap him. And so they asked him, so what's the greatest commandment? Look, here's the deal. There were 10 commandments in the Old Testament. The religious leaders extrapolated that to 613. And now they're asking Jesus, what is the greatest commandment? They think they've got him cornered. They think they've got him. And yet... Without a pause, Jesus answers the question. The greatest commandment is that you love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. And that kind of love is a self-sacrificing, self-denying love. Not based on feelings, but based on who God is and what God commands the Pharisees wanted, they didn't want to know. They just wanted to trick Jesus. And yet Jesus answered for all the other people that were listening. We are to obey by loving. That is what we're asked to do. That's what we're commanded to do. Now, if we dig farther into our passage for our third letter, the I, which I suggest is an invitation. So this whole idea of abiding, we're going to practice waiting and obeying. And then here in the middle, there's this invitation that's extended to us. If we do this, right, there's this invitation. And I've got nine things listed. And as you study this passage, you may find something different. It probably will depend on the translation of the Bible. But I came up with nine. It's an invitation to, first of all, to be fruitful, I want my life to be fruitful. I want what I do to multiply and to benefit and to nourish other people. And Jesus extends to his disciples, to you and to me, an opportunity to be fruitful as we abide in him. Secondly, he offers us an an invitation to participate in the unity with him and the Father. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches, and my Father is the vine dresser. He's inviting us to be part of what he's doing. Number three, he invites us into his protection, his safety, his sovereignty. As we abide in him, we're safe. We're not just fruitful, we're safe. But if we don't abide, we're thrown into the fire. Number four, as we abide, we're invited to request of him in his name. We're invited to come and make known our cares and our needs. Number five, we're invited to discipleship through, no surprise here, obedience. Obedience. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Number six, we're invited to joy. To joy. 
Not the, the fleeting happiness of this world that comes and goes based on our emotions or circumstances or situations or possessions or positions. No, he's offering us, he's inviting us into a fullness of joy that doesn't depend on any of those things except who he is. And he's not changing. Number seven, he invites us to love sacrificially. And I can't change this, chase this one today. We're going to have a whole episode on this in the future. I'm doing a whole series on love coming up. But I'm going to tell you the biblical definition of love is fundamentally sacrificial. Fundamentally. Basically sacrificial. And he is inviting us to participate in that kind of of love, the kind of love that changes us and changes the world, the kind of love that Jesus showed us before he went to Calvary, washing the disciples' feet, the kind of love that died on the cross of Calvary to do what you and I could not do. Number eight, in this passage in John 15, he invites us to participate in friendship with him. He says, no longer do I call you slaves, but friends. Because I'm telling you what I'm doing. He invites us into friendship and fellowship with him. And, and number nine, of the list of the ones that I found, he invites us into preparation for our eternal home by loving. Twice in this passage, he commands his disciples. He commands you and I to love one another. To love one another and not as the world loves, not flippantly, not selfishly, but as he loved, as he showed us love, as he laid down his life. He says, no greater love has anyone for anyone else, but that you would lay down your life. As a wife, that means you care for your husband. You put his needs, I mean, this is radical today, but you care for him above yourself. Moms, you do for your children. I, I don't have littles anymore, right? I have almost, like any day now do, six grandchildren, right? I have six grandchildren, but all of my kids are adults. And I'm going to tell you the way that I loved my kids when they were younger is very different from the way that I love them now. But it's always sacrificial. That's what moms do. And we're going to talk, like I said, more about love in the future. So we have the A, wait, the B, obey, the I, this invitation to participate with Jesus and God and what they're doing. And now two things, the D and the E, what are we supposed to persevere in? D, endure, endure. Do you have challenging circumstances, relationships, issues, problems, things that just won't go away, right? I I don't know about you, but, you know, the celebrations of life, the birthday parties, the anniversaries, the milestones, the accomplishments, those are the kind of celebrations that I just want to linger. I just want them to just last and last. And yet sometimes I can't make those last. 
Sometimes it's the challenges and the difficulties and the frustrations and the pain that just seems to be unshakable. We're here in a fallen world. It's tough. It is hard. I have said it before and I will say it again. If I ever find a magic wand that works or pixie dust that actually works, I promise to share it with everyone I know. But no such thing exists. We are here. But we've got what we need as we abide in him. You and I can endure here. Whatever he allows providentially, sovereignly into our lives, whatever, in the words of Pam Tebow, he faithfully filters through his fingers and allows into our lives. Yes, we can by the power of the Holy Spirit within us. We can endure. And we can endure because of hope. And because he's with us, you can know that you can carry on. You can keep on. You can persist and continue and persevere. And you can last. Yes, you can. Because in your weakness, he is strong. Yes, he is. We can engage in the battle and not just sit by passively. In scripture over and over, the Apostle Paul especially talks about us, talks to us and admonishes us to Stand firm and to be on guard. Again, these are not passive actions. My son, my oldest son, used to do Civil Air Patrol. Some of you might be familiar with that. It's an auxiliary of the Air Force available for high school students to participate in. He did it for four years. And I remember he would go on these encampments from time to time with his patrol And he'd be gone. I think it was a Friday night until a Sunday morning. I'm not sure. I think it was actually over two nights. And I remember the first one he went to, he was so pumped because he signed up to do the guard that nobody wanted. And I want to say it was like from 2 a.m. to like 6 a.m., something crazy. And he said, Mom, it's going to be great. Nobody wanted to do it from that period of time. And I'm going to do it. I'm going to be awake and I'm going to watch and I'm going to stand guard. I mean, he was all in. And I was just, you know, I'm not going to be a naysayer. I'm not going to tell him it's harder than it looks. I'm not going to, he gets to go do this. So he went and didn't hear from him the whole time. And I'm so grateful for the the group of young men that he was with and their leaders. I mean, really great Christian leadership and men. And it was incredibly formative for my son. And I remember when he came home utterly exhausted. And, you know, teenagers, utter exhaustion for a teenager is is pretty bad. That hangry thing is a thing in adults, but in teenagers, it, it can get downright ugly. And I remember he came home and just collapsed at the kitchen table. Not only was he starving, but he was he was just exhausted. And I said, dude, how'd it go? And he goes, mom, being on guard is a hard work. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. See, we read over these admonitions that Paul gives us in the New Testament in these letters he writes to the churches, and we just stand guard, yeah, uh, uh, stand firm, yeah, be on guard, sure, whatever. Have you ever done that? It's a lot of work. It's very hard. And generally, when we most need to do it, we are the most lonely and tired and overwhelmed and still 
we are charged to stand firm and to be on guard. And we can when we abide in Him. We can endure. Abiding grants the strength to hold on. We can all tell of a time in our lives, I know you can, in which we could not account for our own strength. Think of a time in your life when you knew you couldn't. I can list several times in my life when the only way I was standing was because I had people around me pressing in against me, holding my arms up because I couldn't stand. Between the angels and the people that God sent, it was the only way that I was able to stand because I couldn't in my own strength. I think of so many missionary stories. I think of Jim Carrey in India, who had worked so diligently to translate God's word into the native tongues of all of those Indian people, several different translations that he did. And then in one night, in a fire, he lost years of work, a dictionary, a Bible translation, just literally up in smoke. How do you go forward? What do you do next? Where do you start again? Do you start again? What what in the world? He was doing the work of God. You may find yourself today in some circumstance and you just want to say, wait just a second, I was trying to do something for you. I was trying to do the, I was, I, I, I don't know what to, I don't know what to do with that. I read one biography about Jim Carrey, and it simply said he took a chair to the edge of the jungle and just sat there and just stared off into the jungle for several days. Just devastated. But he didn't give up. And he didn't give in. And he didn't throw in the towel. After sitting there for a few days, he picked up his chair, and you know what he did? He went back and he started again. And he endured And so did Corey Tim Boom through the hellish nightmare of the concentration camps, watching her own sister die, seeing up close and personal evil. She endured, not in her own strength, but because she had chosen to abide in him and in his word. Lastly, the last thing that you and I need to do, and it sounds so simple, It sounds so easy, but it's not. The E for endure is we must determine, we must resolve to practice being by resting. You and I must practice resting in Him. Resting in Him. And this means that we are satisfied and content in Him, that we embrace the fact that He is, is enough. It is finished. Calvary is sufficient. He's got it. He's sovereign. He's in control. To rest in that truth, we must persevere and rest. Look, I know what it's like to wrestle to rest. I kind of think that's what Jacob did. Remember that night that he wrestled that angel? He wrestled and he wrestled and he wrestled. I get that. And yet he came to a point of rest, and he was changed by it. His name was changed. He was basically changed as he chose to give in and to rest. 
We need to exchange resting for rushing, for being, be- for being busy. We need to practice breathing and exhaling. This is the power of practicing Sabbath, setting aside all the lists and calendars and shopping and productivity. And to stop thinking of rest is something that's only for wimps. True confession. I used to believe that. And it's just not true. The enemy wants to take us captive by getting us to chase after the wind, in the words of Solomon from Ecclesiastes. God made us to need rest. He's the one that never slumbers nor sleeps. You and I need to rest in Him, to cast all our cares upon Him, to go to Him and lay our burdens down. So here's a couple of questions for you. Where are you abiding? Because here's the deal. You're abiding somewhere. We all are. And I'm just going to say, as we step into a new year, in the words of Paul, let's forget what's behind and let's strain towards what is ahead. Let's dare to abide in him, in his word. And let's dare to let it change us from the inside out. I wish you could see a picture of the next person I want to talk about, and that's my Nana Burt, when I've given this presentation to a live audience, I have this beautiful picture of her. She is my mother's mother, and um, she's with the Lord now, but I used to go and spend time with her in the summer, and she was just one of the most beautiful people I've ever known. She was an amazing gardener and cook. She didn't know anything out of a box. She cooked everything from scratch. Of course she did. And I would go and see her and my papa in Arkansas. They lived in a really tiny little white house with awnings, a furnace, and a gas stove. She said things like, my, mine, she smelled of Jergens hand lotion, mentholatum cough drops, and turpentine. She knew how to clean and fry a chicken, discipline a child, and kill a grub with her bare hands because she never wore gloves. She insisted, though, that the secret to her banana bread was that she always mashed the the bananas with her hands. I trust that she washed them between the grub thing and the banana mashing. Her hands were one of my favorite memories of her because of all the different things that she did with her hands. I saw her sew with those hands and cook with those hands and weed with those hands. And on Sundays, I would see her on Sunday morning hold the hymnal with her hands And when the sermon would begin, she would open her Bible with her hands, and she would always hand me a piece of juicy fruit gum and a little bottle of Jergens lotions. And I would sit during the sermon and rub her hands with that lotion. Such a sweet, sweet memory. My grandmother was known for a lot of things, canning. I remember she used to talk about canning her maters, which were her tomatoes, which I didn't like as a child, but boy, I'd give my eye teeth for a can of those today. But the thing she was most well-known for was her pickles. And here's how it relates to what we're talking to today. Cucumbers went in, but pickles came out. And here's the choice that we have before us today. What are we going to abide in? Are we going to abide in the things of this world? The deceptions and the distractions and the deceit that the enemy wants to name as true freedom and liberation, which is actually enslavement and oppression? 
Or are we going to determine, are we going to dare to abide in the truth and the true freedom that only comes in the person of Jesus Christ and in the Word of God? That is the choice that we have the opportunity to make, that we would actually dare to abide in Him, His Word, that we would let it do its work in our hearts and our mind, the broken made whole, the lost found, the blind given sight. And all of us, as we abide, given and receive the promise of new life and the hope of a heavenly home. This whole issue of abide is going to be our focus for our M&M series this year. M&M just basically means meditate and memorize God's word. So once a month, hopefully we'll target the first podcast of each month. We're going to have a passage. And this year I've decided to take all 12 of the passages from the book of Psalms. So every month, 12 passages from Psalms, we will have one Psalm that we will study. And you can go over to rachelcarmen.com and get a study guide so that you can download the PDFs and you can study and answer questions. This series can go as deep as you want it to go. I've got a whole list of resources available over on the website too that go specifically with this study. I'm going to dare you. Let us step into 2023 as women determined to focus up, as women who dare to abide in the goodness and the faithfulness of God for His glory and for our good. I'll talk to you next time. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you have a question or comment, we invite you to send it to info at rachelcarmen.com. And while you're at Rachel's website, check out her wonderful resources, including the Word in Motion Bible curriculum. We want to take a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. Moms, more than ever, we really do need each other. We need to be challenged, and we need accountability in the Word. Thanks for joining us, and we'll catch you in the next episode of The Real Refreshment Podcast. Is life feeling chaotic? I get it. I'm Rachel Wojo, host of the Untangling Life Podcast. Don't miss the passionate encouragement and faith-based resources you need to help you clear your head and calm your heart. As Shell says, it feels like Rachel always knows what I need to hear. She keeps it real and is so humble. Her podcast is just the cherry on top. Enjoy Untangling Life with Rachel Wojo on lifeaudio.com or your favorite podcast app now.